chapter 18. We're not fans of regular hospitals. We can patch everyone up at my office, do x-rays, put on cast, my mom said. That way, we didn't have to worry about explaining the whole wing situation. That way, we didn't have to worry about explaining the whole wing situation, or the fact that we have bird-type blood. Ixnay on any infusion stray. I unclipped my cell phone from my belt and handed it to her, so she could place a rescue call to her colleagues. Nudge and Iggy were still bleeding as we waited for help from my mom's office to arrive. I pushed Nudge's hair back from her dusty, scrooped face, still shaky from how close to the end we had all come. Gazzy was exhausted, with pulled muscles and banged up hands and knees. My chest and back muscles ached, and that sliced tip of my wing was sore, but just a little bit. I'd gotten off easy. So, no one saw what happened to the good doctor? I asked. Everyone shook their heads no. I turned to Dylan. And where were you, newbie? Why didn't you jump out of the plane right after Jeb? Was Dr. Hahn still on the plane when you jumped? Dylan grimaced and nodded. He walked stiffly, as if in pain, but everything seemed to be functioning. His face and lip were already scabbing up, since he'd been engineered with the ability to heal himself. The plane spiraled back and headed into the wires again. If I'd jumped out, I'd have been sliced into deli strips. I yelled at Dr. Hans to jump, but he pushed me out first. Last thing I knew, he was right behind me, but then he never jumped. Banged my face on the way out. Klutz. I snickered, then felt a tiny bit guilty. Dylan had helped everyone else out of the doomed plane, at his own peril. But how annoying of him to be a hero when I was trying so hard to dislike him. It was downright selfish. I want to make sure you don't have a concussion, Dylan, my mom said wanly. Dylan shook his head. Sorry, I'm not going back with you. I've got to find what's left of Hans in the plane. I thought I would do some recons after you guys head off. I'd feel better if you had an x-ray, my mom protested. Later, Dylan promised. There's no way I can let this go. I have to find Hans, if only so we can send his body back to Germany. I understood where he was coming from. There were so many ifs, buts, ands, and maybes in our topsy-turvy world. It was comforting to nail down as many details as possible, even if that meant finding his unquestionably evil creator in pieces. Max, you'll come with us, won't you? My mom said, her face drawn with pain. I wanted to say, yeah, of course but the words got stuck in my throat. I paused for a moment, thinking, then had a stunning realization. And this is just between you, me, and this cactus here. I didn't want Dylan to go off on his own. And it wasn't even for a good reason, like I didn't trust him and wanted to make sure he was in a league with Hans. It was just that I didn't want him to leave. Something in me wanted to stay with him. I had two follow-up thoughts. Why and you? Dylan had said that he'd been programmed to want to be with me. Was it possible that I'd somehow been programmed for him? Nah, there was no way. Not after what Fang and I had meant to each other. My face must have shown confusion, because my mom said, What is it? Are you hurt? I think I'll go with... Dylan, I heard myself say. I felt like a traitor, leaving my injured flock. But they had my mom, and even Jeb as long as he didn't turn into a backstabbing weasel. When I looked at Dylan, I saw surprise in his face, and then a rush of pleasure. And I felt... good. Chapter 19 We'll be okay, Angel said to me, 
as my mom's office manager climbed back into the front seat of the van. You know what you need to do. I got the embarrassing feeling that Angel wasn't just talking about finding Hansi. Then, my injured flock was driving across the bare land, and it was Dylan and me, alone, as the trail of dust kicked up by their departure gradually settled and the van disappeared from view. Now that we were alone, I was self-conscious and cranky again. Why had I wanted to stay? If I had been programmed to want to be with Dylan, and only Dylan, heads were gonna roll, I promise you that. So, Dylan said calmly, I'm thinking the plane probably went down a mile or so to the southwest of here. At least, that's the direction it was heading when I left it. Makes sense, I nodded, relieved he wasn't trying to convince me to run off with him to find a little cozy nest for two. So, let's do this thing, he said, and made a running takeoff that was beautiful to see. I taught him how to do that only weeks ago. It was amazing how far his skills had advanced since then. Taller and more sturdily built than Fang, Dylan soared powerfully into the sky. The sunlight glinted off his hair and his feathers shimmered. His wings were a little shorter than Fang's, but broader. More like a hawk's. Wings built for power and lift. The rest of us had wings that were narrower and more angled, designed for speed. For the first time, it occurred to me that the mad scientist who created us might have used different avian DNA to make each one of us. I had never thought of that before. I had sort of assumed that they'd had one vial of avian DNA and had gone around with an eyedropper, plopping it into our test tubes. The idea that they might have paired us with birds having different characteristics amazed me. So far, none of us seemed to have flamingo as part of our makeup, or penguin. There was always something to be thankful for. Are you coming or what? Dylan shouted to me. He'd been circling, waiting for me while I took a quick ride on my train of thought. I started running, building speed, and after about 30 feet, I threw myself into the air and whipped out my wings. I pushed down with hard, even strokes, rising fast. The sun shone on my face, my tangled hair streamed behind me, and I felt a burst of pride at my strength and the sheer joy of flying. Dylan seemed to know what I was thinking. He grinned at me, even with his face bruised and swollen, blood-caked lip, and said, There's really nothing better. I nodded, then thought a moment. And here's the weird part. At the exact same time, Dylan and I both said, Except a white chocolate mocha from Coffee Madness. We stared at each other as our voices trailed off. This wasn't a jinx kind of thing, when we both said yep at the same time or anything like that. It was a long, weird sentence, and we had said it simultaneously. Can you read my mind? I thought. But if he could, he was smart enough not to tell me. Instead, he frowned. Can you read my mind? He said accusingly. Also a smart move. Offense is a strong defense. No! I blurted, glaring at him. It was weird. It was scary. And yet, I didn't leave. Chapter 20 Hello, Kate, Ratchet said, then whistled. I think my senses just short-circuited. Fang cringed. Well, this was going to be fun. He'd wanted mostly older kids, so he wouldn't have to worry about them. And now, he had to deal with freaking flirting instead. Kate Tanway Ying had finally arrived on the scene, and the girl was a bombshell. She had thick, glossy black hair that wouldn't stay tucked behind her ears, supermodel cheekbones, and an easy smile. And she had her own cause, it turned out. You're what? Ratchet looked horrified. Kate laughed and pushed her hair off her shoulder. I'm vegan, she repeated. I don't eat meat, seafood, or anything that comes from animals, 
like milk or butter or eggs. Ratchet looked at Fang, like, first freaking sushi, now this? Fang shrugged. I'm glad I booked us into some nice digs. He plopped down on one of the beds and started flicking through the channels. I hear the hotel grub is pretty sweet. You guys can still get room service, Kate said good-naturedly. I brought tofurkey jerky to snack on. She was the opposite of the razor-tongued star, and given the look star was shooting her, it was a little weird that they were friends. But then, maybe freaks just tended to find each other. Kate and Star were certainly freaks. Ratchet was one thing. The tough street kid who had extrasensory skills. The girls were... something else. Fang sighed. He should have just gone with guys. Way less complicated. He tried to focus on the news and not think about the fact that she would be here soon. And now, back to Channel 7 News on the hour, said an announcer, and then two talking heads filled the TV screen. A new environmental group is garnering attention worldwide. A concerned woman with perfectly coiffed hair leaned forward slightly. But what does their name mean, Dan? The Doomsday Group? Fang saw bolt upright. He turned up the volume, waving the other kids to be quiet. Dan shook his head gravely. We have very little information on the group at this time, Sheila. Calls to the organization have not yet been returned. I want to stress that, at present, no allegations have been made against the group but its name is certainly attracting attention. Sheila consulted her notes. Our European correspondent is standing by in Paris, where a doomsday group rally took place earlier. Perhaps she can provide us with a keener look into the group's motivations. Sophia? The camera cut to a woman standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, her khaki trench coat flapping in the wind. Good evening, Sheila, she said with a French accent. This is Sophia Tabernilla, reporting from Paris, where the so-called doomsday group has been very active today. Behind her, Fang saw smiling people chatting with passersby, handing out leaflets. Sophia? Sheila asked, pressing her fingers to her earpiece. Can you tell us what this group is distributing? Sophia frowned. Flyer, notice. Sophia held one up and read from it. This is the group's slogan, printed here in English, French, German, and Dutch. It says, The Earth or Us. I'm here with one of the key organizers of the Doomsday Group Rally, so the group professes to have no leader. Beth, can you tell us more about your group's message and your goals as an organization? Sophia held the microphone out to an older-looking teenage girl. Our goal is to bring everyone to the One Light. She had one of the sweetest voices Fang had ever heard, but her eyes were what drew him in. It's an invitation for change. We plan to take control for the betterment of the Earth. Take control? Sophia Tabernella asked, but she was smiling serenely at her. Beth nodded, smiling back. Think of it as an earth cleanse. It will be beautiful. Follow us. Follow us and be free. She looked directly into the camera, and Fang was mesmerized. The group would save him. Beth would save him. She would help him forget all the harsh... Star clicked the remote, and the theme song for Project Runway made Fang jump. His head was buzzing. He felt happy and calm. He felt like everything was going to be beautiful. He shook his head. Something was seriously wrong. A group that had sprung up out of nowhere and already had international coverage? Talk about cleansing the earth and taking control? The Doomsday Group set off every antennae of alarm thing had. A quick online search for the Doomsday Group revealed surprisingly little, as if it had sprung up suddenly, fully formed. There was no mention of it all two months earlier. 
but clearly its members already numbered in the thousands. Fang sat back. He had his mission. Someone had to figure out what the Doomsday Group was up to, and just how bad it was. It was time for Fang to step up and be a leader, the way Max always had. A familiar ache filled his heart, and he promptly squelched it. No time for that now. He had too much to do. She wasn't the only one with a mission to save the world. Now, it was just a question of who would save it first. Chapter 21 I'm not seeing anything, Dylan said a good 20 minutes later. I mean, I see the wires. I see where we all hit the ground. The plane's sheared off wings are over there, all in pieces. I can even see the plane's door they ripped off. But what I don't see is... Hans, or the plane's fuselage, I interrupted. You read my mind again, said Dylan, and I glared at him. No, it's just the obvious huge missing thing. I have a brain. I can think. I know that, Dylan said mildly. I was just teasing. Now I felt like a clod. I rolled my shoulders to release some tension. So, where do you think it is? I am highly skilled at changing the subject, as demonstrated here. It was already smoking and spiraling by the time I got out, he said. I don't think it would get far at all. We should chuck under the cloud of balloon-type things, I said, and Dylan nodded as he started a wide, smooth, arcing turn. Show me how to fly sideways, he called over his shoulder. That was cool. The hawks taught us that, I said. Basically, you roll and point one wing down, then keep flapping. You'll keep moving forward, even though it feels weird. Dylan tried it. The first couple of times, he looked a little clumsy, but when we reached the wires of death, he was flapping sideways like a pro, powerful and smooth. His learning curve was really amazing. Man, each wire has four sides, like a four-sided razor, he said as we carefully started flying through the wires. You can see that? I asked. Yeah. I can see really far, really close, and sometimes right through stuff. He turned back to grin at me, and I wondered what kind of things he could see right through. I guess you're the improved version of me, I said coolly. I have great vision, but not like that. I mean, I can see the school building way down there, but not the four sides of the wires. He smiled at me. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses, he said with irritating modesty. So far, I had only seen strengths and no weaknesses from him, but I wasn't about to say that. I'm not seeing squat, other than the school, I reported, and we already knew that was there. Let's broaden our surge area. Good idea, said Dylan, and ten seconds later, we were out of those awful wires and in the open blue sky. I breathed deeply, enjoying the sun on my face. For several minutes, we flew in silence, hearing just the sounds of our wings and the occasional bird. After a while of finding no Hans remnants, I said, Let's, Let's check out the school anyway. Dylan said the exact same thing at the exact same time. Again. Chapter 22 I thought this doomsday stuff was, like, urgent, Star said. Who's this girl we're waiting for? Star was devouring another hot dog from room service, her third, while Kate looked on, repulsed. And how come all we're getting is chicks? Ratchet asked Fang. Not that I'm complaining. He lifted his sunglasses to peer at Kate. Nobody says chick anymore. Kate rolled her eyes. Ratchet grinned at her, his bright smile lighting his face. Okay, I hear ya. He turned back to Fang. How come all we're getting is babes? 
She's just someone I know from a while ago, Feng said in a controlled voice from behind his computer. And there's another guy on the way too, Ratchet. He's the last one. They should both be here soon. For now, I guess we just chill. Not five minutes later, Star's angry voice made Fang look up. She was standing over Ratchet, who was sprawled across one of the double beds. I was watching that! You can't just change the channel. There's a game on, Ratchet said. You watch your little show in the other room. The TV's broken in there, Star snapped. How can you even see it with those stupid sunglasses on, or hear it through those headphones anyway? Give me the remote. Ratchet shrugged, looking bored, and turned the volume down even lower. Listen, street punk, Star snarled, her angry face close to his. You're a guy, and you're a couple inches taller, and maybe 40 pounds heavier, and ooh, you're in a gang. But I survived 10 years of Catholic school, and I will cut you off at the knees without a blink. Do you understand? She snatched the remote from his hand, and in a millisecond, was halfway down the hall. Your daddy paid for that attitude? Ratchet called after her. Everything happened fast after that. Before Fang could even ask what was going on, Star had zipped back into the room like a bullet, but Ratchet's hypersenses had tipped him off, and he was ready for her. But before either of them could make contact, Kate had both of Star's hands clamped in one of hers and her left knee firmly on Ratchet's chest, pinning him hard to the floor. I said I don't like violence, she said quietly. Maybe you two should cool off. Ratchet grinned up at her goofily. Kate the Great, he wheezed. I think I'm in love. Guys, guys, Fang said, raising his voice until they all looked at him. Kate's right. Maybe you should check your egos. We're all really different. Don't you realize that that's exactly why I picked you, out of everyone who applied on the blog? For example, what might defeat Ratchet might not defeat Star. Star smirked, and Fang cleared his throat. He hated talking so much. He'd never known that all the talking Max did was necessary, as a leader. He'd been realizing a lot of things about Max lately. That means it'll be tough for us to work together as a group, but you need to suck it up, try to get along, and treat each other with respect. If you don't feel like you can do that, then leave now. No hard feelings. Feng felt their surprise. He looked into each one of their faces, but no one stepped forward. Feng's gang, Ratchet said from the floor. Got it, bro. The girls nodded in agreement. Okay, then. I guess we're all straight on that, Fang said. Straight on what? Max said from behind him. Fang's heart almost stopped. Chapter 23 Fang spun around and saw Max standing there, giving him the sardonic smile he knew so well. Straight on the fact that we need to work together as a team, Fang managed to say. His heart contracted painfully inside his chest, then started beating again. Where'd you come from? Max smirked and pointed at the sky, then wriggled a bit, adjusting her wings under her oversized windbreaker. This is where we're supposed to meet, right? She scanned the rest of Fang's gang. Yeah, Fang said, taking a deep breath. God help him, she even smelled familiar. It's been a long time. Has it? Max cocked her head and looked him up and down. It feels like we just saw each other. Fang sighed. Maybe this hadn't been such a good idea. He'd underestimated how he'd react to her. Way underestimated. Max flipped her light brown hair over one shoulder, and Fang noticed that she dyed a big pink magenta streak in part of it. Other than that, she looked exactly the same. 
exactly the same as the Max he'd barely left more than one week ago, back in Colorado. He wondered what she was doing now, what she'd think about his joining forces with... her. The other her, that is. Max the clone. Max too. Hi, I'm Kate, Kate said, extending her hand. Max looked at the hand, then shook it, a smile lifting one side of her mouth. Max's mouth. The mouth that Fang had kissed so many times. Blood was rushing through his head, and he needed to clear it, to take control of the situation again. Worse, he had the feeling that this Max knew exactly what he was thinking, could read his mind, and was somehow laughing at him. And this is Star, Kate said, pointing. And that's... Ratchet. Yo. Ratchet had gotten up off the floor, but his hands were buried in the pockets of his hoodie. Cool hair. Is it dyed in blood or something? Because that would be hardcore. Max too snickered, unfazed by his comment. And what's your name? Star asked politely. But in the 24 hours Fang had known her, he'd learned to recognize the tone of warning beneath her politeness. Her name is... Fang began, but Max too interrupted him. Maya. They call me Maya. She shoved her hands into her pockets and sat down on one of the beds, daring him to contradict her. Fang blinked. So, she had changed her name. He couldn't blame her. You okay, dude? Ratchet elbowed Fang in the ribs. You're looking a little green around the gills. Fang nodded his head, avoiding Maya's eyes. I'm fine. We just... Go back a long time. Ratchet eyed the tips of Maya's wings sticking out from under her coat and gave a low whistle. Say no more, man. I get ya. You guys were all Swan Lake, doing the lovebird dance, and now it's a little emotions on ice. He looked at Kate. I go for the Wonder Woman type, myself. Kate's smooth Asian face flushed bright red, and Star looked disgusted. Maybe he could use another knee to the jugular, she suggested. Maya laughed. <laughs> Fun little group you got here. Fang forced a smile and nodded. This had been a huge mistake. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Maximarine bootleg audiobook podcast. Thing. I am your Olivet Marky. And... Oof, I, uh, I forgot how much this book was already. Oof. But I forgot about a lot of this book, so we'll see what all happens with that. Uh, I'm very... I'm actually starting to get really excited to get deeper into this one, because... Yeah, no, I don't really remember anything, so it, it'll be fun to revisit this. I have high hopes, sort of. <laughs> so we'll see where this goes. Other than that, I don't have anything else. So let's jump into the recommendation for this week. This week's recommendation is the YouTube channel Dream Jelly. So Dream Jelly does a lot of shorter video essays about like early 2000s, 2010s nostalgia. I found one of their videos just kind of on chance and I've been kind of super into it. They only have 21 videos at the time that I am reading this, but I really like the ones that I've seen. They have a good mix of telling history like it happened, and then they were also alive for a lot of this, so they have their own opinions about like everything that was going on. Like, uh, one of the videos they have is about the silly bands craze back in like, you know, 2010, 20, 2008. I don't know. I personally really, really liked their uh, Cooking Mama series. 
and the Papa Louie Papaverse video, because I didn't know really anything about either one of those, and now I know a lot. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you're into shorter video essays, they usually run anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes-ish, so not as long as some of the other ones that I talk about a lot, but, you know, good for a quick watch. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, you should check out uh, Dream Jelly, and I will leave a link to their YouTube channel in the show notes. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at MaximumCrimePod at gmail.com or hit me up on Tumblr over at Maximum-Crime-Pod. And if you want to leave a rating review, that would be super cool of you to do. Alrighty, I think that's all I gotta say for this time. So, until next time, fly on. <laughs> <laughs>